Hey, everybody. This is Y'all Heard. Woo! Hey! A podcast where me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Are not related. And this is a podcast hosted by a pair of Keats who squawk about a number of topics that range from the emusing, hawkward, and sometimes even pheasant. What did you say? A pair of Keats? Yeah. K-E-A-T-S? Uh, I wrote K-E-E-T-S. Is that a bird? A parakeet is. That's gross. (laughs) In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah, I had a a pretty decent week. Spent some time with Heather. As you can see in the video, I put lights on my Christmas tree. Beautiful. (laughs) And, um... My often absent coworker has been gone all week, so yeah, I've been. It, it's been like, um, how do I want to say this? I've been more at peace at work, even though there's more work to be done. <laughs> That's nice. It's actually the exact opposite of my life right now. <laughs> I'm more stressed out than I've ever been at my job, and I just woke up. So that's how I am. At 6.30 p.m., guys. So it's going to be uh, another bad tomorrow for Marissa if her cycle is anything like mine. <laughs> well, okay. First of all, I want everyone to know I wouldn't work today. I haven't been asleep till 6.30. Also, I have off for Veterans Day. Do you? No. No. I didn't know I did. Anyway. That's nice, though. You could sleep in yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Do you have to go to work on Friday? Yeah. Stupid. Uh, oh, I was going to tell you a reason why I was dreading it, but then I realized I can't disclose that information. Whereas <laughs> <laughs> he signed an NDA. <laughs> yeah, just know that I have a really good reason. I'll tell you. Um, I was telling Marissa, but I didn't really go into much more detail. Um, found myself at Petco over the weekend. And uh, I wanted to look at all the pets, so we went to the fish section, and there were no corals and no frags, and I was disappointed. Did you go to the guy and go, excuse me, sir, where are you? <laughs> the person who was working was so excited about fish, I didn't want to push it, because <laughs> I worried that they might be like, yeah, that's a good point. I keep telling my manager that we should really get some frags in here. <laughs> Is it? Frag, oh, it's frag, or yes. something. What yeah. is it? Battlestar Galactica. A Battlestar Galactica substitute F word. <laughs> Am I right? Okay. <laughs> How about you, Marissa? Oh, I thought I answered. Okay. <laughs> Marissa, we have um, I have a short topic today. Okay. But we also have a bunch of people to he- well, a bunch of calls to take, I should say. Not Ooh, a bunch of people. A bunch of people, and then you change it. Do we have birds calling in? Is that why you did all those <laughs> birds before? That would be funny. I should do that one week. Just record some bird, like, take some bird calls off the internet. <laughs> oh, it sounds like they really like the show. <laughs> I'm going to make a connection, Marissa. All right. Uh, because one of the calls is from Alex, and he pitches a an icebreaker for us to consider. But I think you and I are both going to have the same answer, and it's not as interesting as Alex might be hoping. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so first we're going to hear from Cassie. Marissa, you might remember that last week I mentioned uh, Cassie called us for the Halloween show, but it was after we recorded, so... yeah. She missed out on that, and then last week we had Bryant, and I'll wait a little bit longer for somebody else to tell you how much they enjoyed that, and um, we'll hear from Cassie first. Hey, guys. It's Cassie. Um, I don't know what time is anymore. May have missed my chance to be included on the Halloween episode with the spooky story, but hopefully you like my spooky story enough that you'll, you know, play it some other time. Okay, so yesterday I went to go find dog food. And I bought three cans, and I'm like, okay, cool. This isn't going to cost that much to me great. And I go up to the register, and I have the manager 
bringing me up. And he's just this kind of like gregarious, like kind of overdoes it on the manager side of like customer service, like just was a little much. Anyway, I got this guy. He brings up my shit. Excuse me, my three cans of dog food. And it comes up as, you know, uh, eight something or whatever. And he's like, oh, you have a coupon. Would you like to use it? I'm like, yeah, I'd definitely love to use a coupon. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts of the story, that the manager is like, excuse me, you have a coupon. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know where this story's going. Let's see if I'm My total is now $6.66. This dude was so legitimately creeped out that I, like, had to take a minute to be like, uh, sorry, like, really? He was just like, oh. Oh my god. Oh my god. We're not even going to acknowledge that. We're not going to acknowledge it. We're all going to move on. And like, let's just, don't even say it out loud. I just, you know how much it is. Like, just pay. And I'm like, okay. So, and I also was just kind of like, wait, should I be afraid? Like, what? Okay. <laughs> and so I was just like, well, I guess it's like, you know, festive for the season. He's like, we can't talk about it. Let's just pretend it didn't oh, happen. Oh wow. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Sure. And then he's like, would you like to donate $5 to buy the stuffed animal? I'm like, no, I'm good. And then I actually felt evil. Okay. So I don't know. There's layers, but whatever. Um, I don't know if it's an achievement, 666, but I, whatever. I don't know. So do, do with it what you want. I thought it was a little spooky. Maybe I should be afraid. Bad things have been happening since then, Ooh. now that I think about it. Okay. Wish me luck. <laughs> um yeah so it's happened to me before once i bought chicken that was six dollars and 66 cents so i would say i find this funny so cassie has been my friend for many many years and i thought she was involved in a similar situation maybe she wasn't there but when i was with my group of friends in high school we went to like a and W or McDonald's or something in a food court in the mall. And uh, we're all dressed really gothy. And uh, it was either me or my friend, and their order rang up to 666. And everyone around us kind of gasped. And I <laughs> Did I tell you the story before? I mean, maybe, but I've known you for a long time, so I don't remember what happened. <laughs> this part doesn't make sense, but I swear it's real. Some like older, or I forget if they're like elderly or middle aged person behind us just generally asked our group, Do you worship the devil? <laughs> and we're like, No. And they say, It might be fun. <laughs> I didn't even understand that part of the story. <laughs> I swear, what is that even? <laughs> so, yeah, Cassie, I mean, that has happened to our general general friend group, at least you know, decades before. So I don't feel like I've been having bad luck for for over uh, 20 years. Or have I? Maybe I have. Maybe that explains my whole life trajectory. Anyway. Did uh, this keep up for Cassie, though? Let's find out. Ooh. Hey, guys, it's Cassie. Um, I have an update on the doomed slash cursed slash hexed front, which is this morning. Um, I was running late to work, but I could have not have run late to work. I kind of had, you know, a moment where I was like, oh, I could do this or I could just go be on time, whatever. I decided to just not get the 830 bus and get the 850 bus instead for my That's 9 right. o'clock job. Okay, anyway, I, um, <laughs> get like a block away from where I usually get off the bus, only to find that the 830 bus had actually gotten into an accident. And Ooh. Um, everyone on that bus had to get off and get on our bus, and I just got off the bus early because I was like, I'm going to deal with all that bullshit. Anyway, coincidence? I don't know. Do I now have a guardian angel? Of course. to say? Tune in next week, maybe, uh, to see if I live or die. <laughs> okay, bye. No, don't say that. <laughs> now, because for a moment I took myself out of life, and, you know, she said that everyone at the earlier bus, you know, had to take another bus. I was like, like, I wanted to finish her sentence and everyone from the earlier bus died. And then I was like, oops, no, it's real life. That shouldn't happen. But if it was a horror movie, that would be the better ending. I think what's, but not 
what's funny about this story is that she takes the later bus. The earlier bus gets in the accident. All those people need to get on to the later bus with her. So she's just like, fuck it, I'm not going to take the bus. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I like this. Thank you. Please update us if anything else crazy happens that you think is linked to it, Kathy. But I will say, that guy gave the number power. Because if Mm -hmm. he didn't, he just would have, like, said it and went right by it. Like, that guy gave that number so much power. And you're like sort of acknowledging it but you don't seem like you really fear it but i bet if he has the littlest piece of bad luck this week he is crediting it that number with his bad luck he seems like problematically superstitious and as the manager i think he probably has the ability to uh you know like take tax off so that it's not six dollars and 66 cents yeah or why didn't he donate to whatever why would he have to do that. Oh, no, that was even better. Yeah, the donation comes after. No, the upsell comes before <laughs> you have the coupon and, and give the total and all that stuff. That was, yeah. That in was, case any of you work in customer service and you're trying to do an upsell, <laughs> Cassie spends $6 and this person's like, hey, you want to almost double that for a donation? <laughs> <laughs> At my grocery store, they do like, you want to round up to the next dollar? And it's like, Absolutely, that's no problem. Plus, that's not 666 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you want to argue that, like, he's probably like, oh, maybe this lady's evil. But you could be like, maybe this guy is evil because he gave you the coupon that made it 666, okay? So it's not your Whoa. problem. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? We also have some calls from Alex. We're, we're catching up on a backlog. Uh, so here's a few calls from Alex. Um, I can't remember what they are about in order. So I have no preparation except to say, shit, it's Alex. Come on. We like Alex. We love Alex. Hi, okay. this is Alex. On a recent episode, Pete was discussing how you can't sell intangible things on eBay. But if you're, like, going to sell a spell, you have to sell, like, a potion or a scroll. You can't, like, say that you'll cast a spell. And the word tangible reminded me of one of the best Wikipedia articles that I've found um, after, no, before. This one's better than List of Sandwiches. This one is the UNESCO List of Intangible Cultural Heritages. And so this is stuff that UNESCO thinks that we should be preserving, but they aren't like World Heritage Sites. They are intangible things. And my favorite thing from this list is called Yaokwa, Y-A-O-K-W-A, is the Inawene Nawe People's Ritual for Maintenance of Social and Cosmic Order. Um, these are hunter-gatherers that live in Brazil, and every year they have to build and then tear down dams that they use that help them capture fish. Fish are a really important part of their diet, and um, among other things, building and tearing down of these uh, dams is a ritual for them that they see as essential not just for their own life, but for preserving the entire cosmic order, and I really hope they keep at it and are protected in doing so. They're um, threatened by, you know, encouraging development, people trying to build, like, hydroelectric dams on the river, um, deforestation, and so on. I think that we should let these people keep at it. All right, bye. Pretty neat. Yeah. Um, and it would it would sort of be development that, right, would ruin the cosmic order. <laughs> That is right. <laughs> Just somebody moving in to build some condos or some bullshit like that. <laughs> yeah. And just in case you guys aren't as smart as we are, UNESCO is the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. Oh, I don't know what A that specialized was. agency oh. of the United Nations? Uh, of course. Okay, that's interesting. I don't know why that didn't stick out to me. I was like, I don't know what that is. But <laughs> then I just... It felt right. I also heard Alex mention um, a list of sandwiches, and uh, that is a good Wikipedia page. Um, and it reminds me that I have been very delinquent in posting sandwich portraits. I'm so sorry. Alex mentioned a list of sandwiches? I swear he did. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. Um, I sometimes um, hear the after, No, before. This one's better than list of sandwiches. Did you hear that? Okay, what is list of sandwiches? He said that this article that he talked about was better than. 
the Wikipedia page that's a list of sandwiches. It's just a list of sandwiches? Well, there's a list of different sandwich types from around the world, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to look at that later. <laughs> this is Alex, and I'm calling in to wish you and everyone a very happy end of daylight saving time. It's now my favorite holiday, I'm realizing. It used to be Christmas because of the presents, but now that I'm an adult with an adult job, I can just, like, buy stuff whenever I want it. Like, not big things, but whatever it is that people would give me for Christmas, I could probably go ahead and get. So it's not that special for me anymore, and it's kind of difficult for me to come up with a good Christmas list. Um, or, you know, like, to even have a day off, like, um, you know, Labor Day or President's Day. Well, you know, that's no longer... Not Veterans Day, right, Alex? Yeah. longer just a free day for me that carries some expectations, like that I should go to a cookout or purchase a mattress or something. And so, really... And the daylight saving time is the best holiday because it gives me an extra hour to do whatever I want to with it, and nobody places any extra expectations on me for that. So I think a great icebreaker would be, um, what did you do with your extra hour? All right, bye. Oh, yeah, I know our answers are the same. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I slept. So I slept, <laughs> but I can I can stretch it out a little bit. Um Marissa had a really rough weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but... No, but... Uh, I... Knowing it was daylight savings time, I allowed myself to really push through. Normally, I would have, like, allowed myself... Like, I would have... I was falling asleep. Normally, I would, like, be like, I gotta go to sleep, because I had to take a train the next day. But, um... I was watching a boxing match with... What the fuck's his name? Okay, I don't know his name, but it's a really big deal. I don't even like boxing, but anytime he fights, we gotta watch it. But it was like 1.30 a.m. Uh, <laughs> he's Mexican, really light skinned, and he has red hair, and he's really, like, he just looks unexpected for a Mexican man, and he's a famous boxer, and he won the championship. <laughs> what the hell is his name? <laughs> I need to find this out. It's not Conor McGregor. That's not a boxer! Oh, well, it may as well be. <laughs> That's UFC. We did watch UFC before. Um, I don't like boxing, but I was just like, this guy's cool. And now I watch all his boxing matches. Now my... Pete, can you Google <laughs> red-headed Mexican boxer? Oh, yeah, this should be good. <laughs> what do you say? It'd be funny if a dog came back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, would that be Canelo Alvarez? Yeah, Canelo fight, and I was falling asleep, and I was like, I'm gonna stay awake! So I forced myself to stay awake for the entire Canelo uh, championship match, uh, which I normally would have just given into sleep. So I would say that that is kind of taking advantage of that extra hour. And it was a good match, and Canelo won beat. <laughs> Let's see, if I had to say that I did something... Like, what's the best way I could have spent? I mean, you probably would say sleep still, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, I like sleep. Um, yeah. I don't know. Oh, and I had my Christmas tree up last week, so that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, guys, I'm sorry. Maybe grocery shopping? <laughs> okay. <laughs> can, we, can we, like... Somehow take back your answer. <laughs> uh, so, sorry, Alex. But I I'm have to say sorry. that I watched the Canelo fight. You should be sorry. <laughs> oh no, I was I was definitely asleep by like ten o'clock the night before. I'll tell you one thing though. I did have um, Marissa. You you probably know more about this, but uh, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning last night. Uh-huh. Isn't that like a thing? Oh, that's the witching hour. Yeah, it was exactly three o'clock. Oh, so good. My brother used to wake up at exactly three o'clock for like a whole string of days back in the day. That's so awesome. Oh, and the day after I watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose, me and my roommate woke up at the witching hour. I love the witching hour. You know Sorry. who's not a witch? Alex. <laughs> What did you just say? I said, you know who's not a witch? 
Alex. <laughs> we have one more call? Yes. Okay. Hi, this is Alex. Uh, I recently heard the episode on leasing, and I was in kind of a grouchy mood that day, and it was really nice to hear somebody talk about an interest um, as pleasant as coral. So thank you to Bryant for appearing on Y'all Heard to talk about coral. Um, I didn't realize that it was like a thing that people could just grow coral in their homes. Um, something that I'm really interested in is board games and playing board games alone. I've done this ever since I was a kid, but now it's become uh, something that I do really regularly. And it's um, not uh, just like I'm making this up. There's a whole scene of people who are into solo board gaming, and there are some board games that work really well for it, um, like especially cooperative games where people work together to achieve some kind of goal. Um, so that is something that I would be willing to talk about. All right. Thanks. Bye. Uh, we're having Alex on because I don't even understand the mechanics of that. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am so jazzed. Yeah, Brian kept being like, why does anyone want to know about this? I was like, because what the fuck is that? He's <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> what is this thing that you do? I'm, I don't mean what the fuck is that. Like, it's stupid. I mean, like, what? I never even, like... And when he told me he went to a convention, I was like, I can't even wrap my mind around it. So, yeah. Um, I, I think... Um, enjoyed it. I think that... <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, the, the eloquent and delicate way to say this, but... You know what? I'm oh, just, just going to be candid, okay? I'm not going to say that everybody Marissa finds is a great person, but she <laughs> does have the ability to find some great people. <laughs> Wait, what was the not delicate way to say that? <laughs> I guess using names. I don't know. <laughs> oh. But, um, yeah, Bryant was, like, really easy to talk to, and he was really, you know, I think um, there was a period of time. I, I It's the other thing I like about listening to podcasts sometimes, too. Like, uh, if people are friends or they're having a good time or something like that and then i used to listen to radio shows that were in like other towns but the people who were hosting them were having a good time and um and like really interested in the music they were playing and what they were talking about and i think yeah it's always nice to hear somebody who's really interested in and passionate about what they're doing and uh it's nice to have brian for that yeah and i will say generally when people do when people do compliment our show um it's not generally like "Ooh, thank you i learned so much except for juan did tell me he learned a couple things but it is usually like i feel like hanging out with you guys so yeah i feel like he really he really we did all bro down a bit and i felt like that that shined through but uh yeah and and i should note too marissa is responsible for all the guests that we've had on the show so far so Again, she's 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 really good at picking them. Uh, fun fact, everybody: Blake Wexler, who we had, who, as we said, is like our favorite comedian. Um, he had a Patreon-only event that me and Pete were invited to. Pete couldn't make it, and Pete is my social buffer. But I was like, you know, I kind of have a bit of a relationship with Blake Wexler. I should go. Not like a strong relationship. I just mean like, you know, I, I talked to him enough. I should go. So I signed into the Zoom, and it said the host will let you in in a moment. And then I was like, oh, no one will notice. I'm just going to not come, actually. <laughs> and then the next day, he's like, I saw you for a moment. What did you do? <laughs> Why weren't you there? <laughs> I'm really embarrassed. Yeah. I just said, I don't know. I didn't have a social buffer, and I chickened out. <laughs> I was just on it. <laughs> So we have uh, one more call that is a little late, and so Marissa, I hope you don't mind. I'm gonna play that one next. Okay. Hey, it's me, Nicole J. Butler, aka She Shared Cheryl. And yes! well, 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 fancy meeting you here at the 200 episode mark. Well, actually, past the 200 episode mark. Bravo! I am really proud of you. You are an inspiration to a whole lot of people, including myself, because look, we all have ideas, you know, only probably a, a small fraction of those ideas make it into reality. And then you got to the 100 episode mark 
and now you're at the 200 episode mark. That means that not only did you have the creativity, the bravery to do it, the commitment to stay with it, but you also figured out the special sauce. <laughs> you figured out the ingredients in your special sauce. And for that, I applaud you. I would, I would applaud you right now, but one hand is holding the phone. <laughs> so just know, just know that what you hear right now is the sound of one hand clapping, clapping, clapping for you. Let's say we meet here at the 300 episode mark. You bet. Did you get another 100 episodes in you? <laughs> yes. I do too. For you, anything. See you then. Keep doing what Talk you're doing. Talk to for the cameos. Right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Seems so sincere, Pete. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> and her laugh was so hearty. <laughs> Celebrities, take note. That's how you do a cameo. Yeah. Oh, nice one, Pete. What did you request it a while ago and she didn't get back to you till late? No, I said a thing that said, Tell me when she's available again and she became available and I immediately <laughs> like oh. it sent me an email at like I don't know, like at eleven at night and then the next morning at like <laughs> seven I was like <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean while I was anxiously awaiting the Tezande one, no offense, Tay, but I think she did a better job. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, but we already knew that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was fabulous, Pete. Thank you. What a nice surprise. I was like, yeah, that was just, that was a beautiful surprise. Thank you. Yes. Um, so we took care of Alex's icebreaker. Uh, I don't know if you want us to do a different one where I like, or I can throw the music into Alex's phone call. <laughs> but I do have another one. Um Okay. Tell me, I was going to say YouTube video, but if you can't think of a YouTube video, you can, like, branch out to be, like, any sort of, like, internet content. But when you need joy or a laugh or just to feel something. (laughs) Good? Something good? Yeah. What is a piece of internet content you often revisit? I, um... Definitely would say one thing that I can go to is I have a few different things. One is James Adomian appearances on the Todd Glass show. Okay. One is I think you should leave. And then I have, I don't like save a ton of podcasts, but I actually do have those, um, like a couple James Adomian, uh, Todd Glass show appearances. And I do have uh, Joe Firestone on Hollywood Handbook and um, at a live event. And, yeah, I can always throw those in and end up smiling and laughing. So good question, Marissa. It's a good thing to have those in life. <laughs> wow, a pleasant and upbeat answer. I was hoping it would go more into, like, guilty pleasure territory. Oh, yeah, sometimes I watch bears fall down. Yeah, that's what I want. Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted. I wasn't stupid. Because I feel like everyone has at least one stupid internet thing they look at. But no, not Pete. He just looks at finely curated content. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I either watch eating eating ASMR or I watch the YouTube video Curse of the Weggy Board which is just mm. a guy reading um, Google searches of people trying to search questions about the Ouija board, but they don't know how to spell it. So it, it like ends up being like wedgie board, weggie board, Luigi board, oigie board, quiche board. And it always makes me laugh every single time. Every single time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> Speaking of laughs, you know, you're listening to this podcast, so you should already be having a great time. But today I want to share with you something that might improve your day even more. If you're not Marissa. Uh, Marissa once covered Captain EO on the show. Yes. That went pretty well, right, Marissa? 
Want to give us yeah. like a quick overview? Uh, Captain EO was the, I think, George Lucas directed short film that he made with Michael Jackson for Disney World. And it is basically Michael Jackson fighting evil with the power of dance. And it's 3D and it's no longer in Disney World, but it's the greatest thing to ever exist. And there's find- farting robots? Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's a <laughs> Okay. There's a robot in it. I don't remember if the thing farting was a robot or was like a weird fantastical Muppet creature. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, something kept farting. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, are we talking about farts? No. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, who do you think I am? I don't know. Where is this going? <laughs> I was actually going to do... Um, now I can't remember what it is, but hopefully you remember. Uh, I was for a moment going to talk about that uh that uh sexual identity that Shakira has what? where she's attracted to ghosts spectro she says she's a spectro sexual wait Shakira not Kesha Kesha god I was like what the fuck Shakira I have blonde ladies confused yeah, okay. One is a white lady and one is Hispanic, but I'll give you a pass. Marissa, I don't see color. <laughs> Shut up, Pete. <laughs> Almost comparably entertaining, groundbreaking, revolutionary. I don't know how Captain EO is going to link to this, and I hope it's not someone who is attracted to something fart-related. It's not farts, Marissa. <laughs> Why did you ask? Um, because that's what I took away from your episode. <laughs> okay. Um, is a film that came out in 1948. It's called Bill and Coo, and it is a movie with a cast made up entirely of birds. <laughs> I hate you, Marissa. How long do you think the movie was? I hope five minutes. More. It was more. I hope it's not more than 10 minutes. The 61-minute live-action film. Fuck, Pete. <laughs> Stars many types of birds, including parakeets and lovebirds. Um, At least your opening makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. That would have upset me if you just did that for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> um. The film also has some other trained animal guests, including cats, dogs, and a crow. Except for three... Yeah. But it's not like a a little bird. You're right. Um, Except for three humans. The producer, the bird trainer, and a woman named Elizabeth Walters. (laughs) Yeah. They do like a short setup... Uh, segment before the opening credits and the whole thing starts. Um, the film is, yeah, all animals, and it was shot on the world's second smallest film set, a miniature village built onto a 15 by 30 foot tabletop. Do the animals. Okay, this is the important part about whether I'm going to hate this or might be open to it. Are the animals dubbed, or is it just a movie with them squawking? No, there's not squawking, um, but there's also not dubbing. It's more like a a narrative voiceover. Oh, darn it. I wanted dubbing. Okay. I mean, if we have time on our hands, I guess we could dub it later. <laughs> I think we should. Um, the set served the scale of the birds, but an article... What was the article from uh, filmthreat.com? The article said that there was three problems. One was the set, but it wasn't a problem. They just built a tabletop town. Uh, and then the parakeets aren't really adept at dialogue. Oh, so, really? you know, these people also jumped right to your um, question, Marissa. To solve the absence of speech, the bulk of the film was narrated by Ken Murray, who specialized in a brand of comedy that was very punny. and rather than create a novelty 20 minute short which would be one reel uh they stretched this film out into a one hour production so it could fit on the bottom half of double bills 
That sounds horrendous. But Marissa, how can we make something that people want to actually watch? We have to raise. We have to add stakes. Oh, whatever. I think sex, but okay. Now, I want to put out there. The antagonist of the movie. Now, this is a note before I get into the movie so that we can get this controversy out of the way, Marissa. Uh-oh. The antagonist of the movie is a crow called the Black Menace. No! <laughs> Bearing in mind that it was 1948, and that crows are actually black and gigantic compared to parakeets and lovebirds. Can we give them a pass on this? Nothing bad should generally be named black anything, but okay. The movie begins by setting the scene of peaceful Chirpendale, a community of various birds living in harmony. And there are several jokey jokes. I'm sorry, but this lends itself to my thing that they should have sex. Chirpendale should be a bird strip club. Um, don't worry, Marissa. There are clips. He takes care of everybody's troubles in town, including this young man. That's Johnny Loon. Full <laughs> of the village idiot. Oh. As his favorite actor. Roy Robin. Uh, this isn't actually what I wanted to show you. I want to show you the part after this. But uh, it is important that you keep an eye on, or at least keep this guy in, in your memory. I thought, why are they going to have a village idiot? Like, that's mean. Yeah, that's immediately what I thought. But he he becomes essential. Johnny is peculiar, but Beatrice says there's nothing wrong with him except that he came out of a cracked egg. Toward the outskirts of town, we see the village school. Here is where the younger generation start their education as soon as they get their pin feathers. There's a sign on the wall that says, Geography lesson, the world is shaped like an egg. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I could have, I, yeah, I kind of see that. Now, that's cute. Their teacher is Professor Plato Spoonbill. He teaches that the world is shaped like an egg. <laughs> hey, there goes the recess bell. Let's go outside and see what the kids do for recreation. I'll bet the prof needs a little relaxation himself after being penned up with that bunch of fledglings all morning. You know, even though they have wings, they're not all little angels. I'm a bad bird, but I still say the world's not shaped like an egg. It's round, it's round. Okay. There's some dubbing right there. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that might be the only one who actually has lines. Um, yeah, so in this scene that we're looking at, uh, there's a blackboard, and on it many times it says, I am a bad bird. <laughs> the bird is wearing a dunce cap, and yeah. yes, he's proclaiming that the world is round and not shaped like an egg. <laughs> uh, I will say... It actually looks way cuter than I expected, but I, I don't know, I forgot, but I forgot that birds are like the most spastic animals ever, so their movements... Oh, you want to see spastic? Well, right or wrong, Homer is really upset. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) So, Marissa, I'm going to ask you to not look at your screen. Okay. So that I can keep the connection and continue. (laughs) Okay. So another thing that happens in this story is that the circus is coming to town. So we get to see a peek at some other animals. There's like a kitten in a cage and it's like, oh, a lion, you know, like that kind of thing. That's kind of fun. But many of our main characters, actually all of our main characters are birds, including Bill and Koo. Bill is a taxi driver and Koo is the daughter of a wealthy family in town. Did they make a tiny taxi for him to drive? Um, it's more like a rickshaw. Okay. While these star-crossed lovers almost couldn't make it, they try to defy the odds, Marissa. It's a story about love. Hmm. <laughs> but the Black Menace has other plans. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> While most of the community hides in a bunker when the crow comes to town, um, he knocks over streetcars and it's like he has barely any motive except just pure destruction and he takes one of the matchstick posts from beatrice fairfinch's house her fence 
and she mm-hmm. and he lights the hotel in town on fire. How do you fake that with a bird? You don't, Marissa. To her, an innocent, humorous display of a vocation now becomes an instrument of death and destruction. Now you're going to watch the bird. (laughs) (laughs) Takes offense post-match. Having the match in his possession, he dashes for the hotel. How do they train these dumb birds? Holding his fiery torch, he goes to the rear of the hotel and drops it in a pile of rubbish. With his dastardly deed done, the black menace takes for cover. So the hotel catches on fire. It just happens that Bill is also a volunteer firefighter. But do you know who lives at the hotel? Uh, Koo. Koo! <laughs> yeah. So, as... I would just like to point out that the narrator says torch, like T-A-W-C-H. Yeah. Instead of torch. Okay, continue. So, Bill is a volunteer firefighter. He rushes in with a hose and he saves all the guests, or so he thinks. Turns out Koo is on the top floor. So, he climbs a ladder to the woman he loves. And I put that in quotes because that's what the narrator says. The woman he loves. So, But they're really just in lust. <laughs> so, what I'm not sure about here is, are the birds playing people? Something to keep in mind. <laughs> Why? You don't think birds are capable of being in love? No, he calls he calls her the woman he loves. And there's another case later in the what I'm gonna talk about, um, where it comes up again. Oh, I yeah, I get you can't have a woman bird. I would think you'd have a female bird. But isn't that the actually I'm not gonna unpack this nothing. Everyone is proud when Bill saves Koo. But the Black Menace is not as relieved. Mm. So the next day is the circus itself. It's the biggest event in town. Even the circus, though, wants to celebrate the heroism and romance of Bill and Koo. The two ride in a hot air balloon. um, And all goes according to plan until you know who shows up. Uh Uh-oh. Black Menace. Everybody's at the circus. So this is a prime time for him to strike. Mm-hmm. However, one lone bird is not at the circus, and that is the dumb bird. <laughs> okay. So when he sees the Black Menace attacking town, he heads to the circus to alert the town, because he's not as dumb as we all think he is. Yeah. Of course, everybody panics, and there's like a mad rush to get out of the circus tent, mm-hmm. but the Black Menace is blocking their way, so they can't get out of the circus tent. Okay. Okay, good. Uh, I just wanted to make sure you were emotionally invested. Yeah. So, <laughs> through a hole in the circus tent, Bill sneaks out. And you know how sometimes unbelievable things happen in movies? Yes. <laughs> like the end of Lamb? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Bill happens to find a cannon. And he shoots two shots, not at the Black Menace, but to distract the Black Menace. Can we say the crow? Yes. I believe after this part, I transitioned to crow. Okay. (laughs) Um, So he lures him away from the circus, and all the birds kind of chase after the crow, as the crow chases Bill. So it's not like they're chasing... Like, if the crow turned around, all the birds would be like, ah! But they're yeah. sort of, like, following him after he, as he's chasing um, Bill. <laughs> okay. Another thing that, that has happened earlier in the movie that I forgot to mention is that uh, Bill has been working on building this uh, trap that looks like it's made out of uh, dried palm fronds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And basically, he, he gets the crow (laughs) to go into the trap and then he closes the door and now the crow is (laughs) captured Mm, okay and that's like the threat is over 
um, in terms of, you know, the conflict has been resolved. Now, the narrator voices the moral of the story. No matter how small people are, they don't have to be bullied by anyone as long as they just stick together. Okay. Okay. Not a bad moral. But he does say people. I think you're overthinking it, but... Okay. I'll I'll take that. Um, (laughs) Okay. At the end of the movie, Bill and Koo do get married, but for some reason they don't kiss. And it's not that, Marissa, I am anxiously awaiting for birds to kiss. (laughs) (laughs) I would be. But it is a weird ending. For all the shit that they trained birds to do, the finale is a little confusing and flat because the birds don't kiss. Yeah, I want a little tongue. So, there's not really a lot of sources about Bill and Koo out there online. By the way, I meant to mention earlier, I believe this stumbled into my brain from listening to Blank Check with Griffin and David. I believe they mentioned this for some reason during one of their episodes. And yeah, I wasn't how the hell this came into your life. <laughs> and I was very excited to pursue it. Yeah. Um, but FilmThreat.com seems to have this uh, regular feature about, air quote, bootleg films. And mm-hmm. Bill and Koo isn't really a bootleg film. It's so old that the copyright has run out. And yeah. so um, it is kind of a public domain property. Oh, okay. But in terms of uh, getting some more things to talk about to fill time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Koo, in 1948, Bill and Koo was considered quite a treat. There's also there's something very important that I'm forgetting to tell you, but it mm-hmm. will come out soon. Okay. Um, The New York Times led the cheers in its review by stating, there's no reason why one and all shouldn't find this movie a very pleasant and unusual divertisement. So, go ahead. If I was alive at that time, I would agree. Yes. So to Ken Murray, the producer, to George Burton, who owns these amazing feathered thespians. Wow, that's hard to say. Feathered thespians. (laughs) I mean, I also find palm fronds hard to say, so I was impressed that. (laughs) And to all those who worked behind the scenes at the Republic Studio in making Bill and Koo, a full round of applause for an extraordinary entertainment. Mm. That opinion uh, was shared in Hollywood. Yes, Marissa, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences (laughs) honored Bill and Koo with an Oscar. With the citation, in which artistry and patience blended in a novel and entertaining use of the medium of motion picture. <laughs> that's fun. That's how Oscars. That's what Oscars should be used for. Yes, and uh, considering that Republic Pictures films rarely snagged Oscar no- Oscar nominations, this was a major coup for the <laughs> minor studio. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a little bit about Bill and Koo, guys. Okay. Not to be confused with Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I let me uh I wanna see Oh, I didn't see what Koo looks like. Oh, I'll show you the wedding scene, Marissa. Okay, yes, please do. Why I Googled Bill and Koo and I just got a whole bunch of pictures of anime. So that's interesting. <laughs> the hell is this yeah i guess there's an anime i don't know it looks like a dumb anime too okay yeah naturally like all true lovebirds who were married oh for the record bill's wearing the bow tie ku is wearing the um veil i don't see any i just see a bow tie and a top hat oh why can you turn your phone Wait, oh, who's in the middle with the top hat? The top hat, that's, of course, the person officiating the wedding. Oh, they're just all parallel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all just standing in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, that's why, I mean, if you had a, you know, the officiant would normally step back a little bit. But yeah, they're exactly <laughs> side by side, so I got confused. Koo in all her bridal splendor, filled yeah, with white beautiful. tie. His honor, Mayor Bentwick, performed the ceremony. It was a quiet little wedding, just a family and a few friends. Of course, Ma Singer was there, wearing the same dress that she was married in. That's uh, Bill's mom, by the way. Oh, 
she got married in that dress? It's like I know. Gig. It looks like a, yeah, goth picnic table. <laughs> Years ago, what a thrill when Mayor Benfeek said, I now pronounce you bird and bird. It's over. It's over. Mr. Singer, please kiss the bride. Oh, Bill, Bill, don't. You're acting like a fool. Oh, that's embarrassing, Bill. Stop. What? Please, Bill. Oh, Bill, please. Oh, now you're, you're, you're acting like a fool. Please, what? Bill. Oh, I was never so embarrassed in my whole life. Oh. Mayor Benfeek says he can't understand these goings on. He's perplexed. Guys. <laughs> He's perplexed. And that's the Guys. end of the movie. <laughs> you can't see this. Okay, I need to explain this to you. Good, thank you, because I'm I'm out of words. <laughs> because my mind is blown. I, there's a lot of layers to this. Okay, so Bill and Koo are, yeah, with the officiant, they just got married, and, you know, you may now kiss the bride. Instead of kissing the bride, I mean, you know, Bill's a bird, so he acted like a bird, and he bit Koo. No, well, uh, but here's the thing. Now, listen, I don't want to get into any gender issues, okay? Uh huh. But he leans in and she turns away. Because <laughs> uh, he was leaning in towards the top of her head. <laughs> I would turn away too. And then she's like, I'm embarrassed. And then he goes to bite her veil again. So my question is, and, and like, the sensible way would be like, oh, Bill, stop acting cheeky or something. But instead, she's like, I'm so embarrassed. And it ends on a fucking weird-ass note. That's like, if, like... I like how it ends on the officiant. Because it's, he's like, I have, I don't understand these goings-on. I am perplexed. What, what is that? That's the weirdest end of the movie. It's like, it's like they took all this effort to train the birds properly. Then they gave up at the end and didn't even bother to make it fit the plot. They were just like... Look at these damn birds acting like birds. I don't know what's happening. That was weird. Maybe those final moments are to remind us that they're not human. Maybe. Just in case, as we were watching, we almost, like, fell for it. Well, human or not, I'm embarrassed for her. Look <laughs> at <you> that. <laughs> yeah, that's fun, Pete. Thank you. That was weird as shit. I wish we still had weird as shit movies like that coming out. Yeah. If you had to um, make a movie that was an all-animal cast and, like, the same animal, um, what animal would you go for? Mm, let me think about that. Do you have an answer first? I hate to pander to Mike Venos, but I'm going to go with Groundhog right now. <laughs> Just because they're so fat and cuddly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say dog because I love dogs, but then I decided no. I just want us to be fish. I want the most unemotive animal that can <laughs> barely do anything because I think it would be funnier. I think it would be funnier for there to be dubbing and narration and the fish is barely doing anything. Yeah. But, like, the narrator and the voices act like the fish is doing everything. I feel like that would be funny. It's really hard to come up with a plot in a situation like that, but... Also, I want sex in mind. Okay. I don't know how that would happen, but I want it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Speaking... I will confirm that, guys. Maybe I'm a little unhinged, but at least I'm awake, okay? It's time for plus. It's time for plus. Speaking of sex, Marissa, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> that is... It's not totally fitting, but... Uh, <laughs> something that I know I've brought up in some capacity before or at least I must have I'm going to bring up Hotoful Boyfriend which is the PC game you can buy on Steam uh, where you are the first human in an all pigeon school and um, it's a dating simulation thankfully it's not like bestiality I, well, actually, I mean, if you really break it down, I don't know if it is. But the, 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 like, pigeons, when you're, like, flirting with them and stuff, you see a little avatar that's, like, 
their personification. So, like, they are, the implication is, like, they are really birds, but, like, I guess to make the game less terrifying, their little avatars are, like, people inspired by the appearance of the bird. I don't know if you're following me. I've actually never played it also, <laughs> but I'm obsessed with it. And I read up about it all the time, and I think about it all the time, but I don't like playing PC games anymore because you're just staring at your computer forever. You'd rather stare at your phone forever? Yeah, I don't know why it's different. I guess because I can move with my phone. Okay. And multitask, I don't want to just sit with a... And, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't even make sense. Anyway. <laughs> well, no, I don't play, like, immersive phone games. Oh, I have played Dating Sims. Fine, you made a hole in my argument. Anyway, what's your plug? I didn't mean to. I'm so sorry. You know what, Marissa? No. Nope. I don't have a plug. Whoa. But I do, I do have a reminder. Okay. If you're planning to shop online, make sure you order, like, now for Christmas. Oh. Things are getting delayed all over the place. I just want to put it out there for you guys. We don't want anybody not getting their Christmas presents. Or Hanukkah uh, presents or any holiday presents. On the flip side, though, I just bought my father's birthday present, which is a gigantic car cover that would fit an entire SUV two days ago. And he just got it. You poked a hole in my argument. It's my job. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's fair. It's fair. That's what I thought. I was thinking for a second, and I was making that connection as you were starting to say it. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Guys, thank you for listening because I'm in a dark place this week, and you gave me a reason to wake up today. <laughs> No, then I would have, like, died of that, but I went to sleep right after work, and I was in a foul mood. So, and I did wake up in the course of this show. Uh, so thank you. Thank you all for being friends. Thank you all for being, except for the person who gave us a one-star review. Thank you all for being a welcoming, supportive group that... I love the idea that that person keeps listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They do. They talked about me again. Did you hear that? <laughs> Honey, get in here. They talked about me again. <laughs> uh, yeah, person. I don't like you. But otherwise, yeah, thank you for not judging me, guys. Um, you can call us at 570-PODWOD1. Thank you so much, Alex, for actually getting back to us about something unique you're into. I'm really honest. I want to have you on the show eventually and hear about those board games. Uh, if anyone else has like, a unique hobby... Uh, yeah, give us a call if you want to, you know, chat with us on the show. Yeah. Um, what's our email address? Shout at yallheard.me. And... I think it's working. <laughs> okay. We haven't received enough emails for me to know for sure. <laughs> and Cassie, if you have, like I said, if you have any more developments, let us know. Uh, and you can slide in uh, to my DMs at wristbandle. Check out the Patreon. We do have some free playlists for the Thanksgiving season, the Halloween season. I imagine you probably can guess what's coming up. But behind the paywall of $1 a month, you cheap shit, <laughs> uh, we have a bunch of fun stuff, including Pete previews, where I watch some trailers. And uh, today I posted one about the French Dispatch and what is it? Last Night in Soho? Yeah, I think so. And um, coming up, I'm going to have one about Clifford the Big Red Dog. I just got confused and posted the wrong one today. So. <laughs> there is a song in one of the Clifford, tra uh, not trailers, but commercials that makes me so fucking angry. I'm saying the F word a lot today. I know that I don't need to censor myself, but I am going above and beyond to say the words. <laughs> So I apologize. I was full of rage. Um, you can also get access to Marissa's. Um, yeah. Pilots. Yeah, I review the first episode of a series. Uh, next, I am going to review the show You. Not the show, one episode of it. Everyone it. keeps saying, I'm going to love it. We'll see. Great. Excellent. I like it. All right. Also, Pete, your review, your, I consider, slightly negative review of the Dispatch movie. It's, French not, Dispatch. it's, not, a, it's not a movie review, and it's not... <laughs> Makes me want to watch it so bad. <laughs> I love how weird and dumb Wes Anderson movies are. <laughs> anyway, 
Oh, you also get access to Marissa's fantasy football picks. And uh, we'll be discussing that in a couple of moments after this show is over. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>